All right, we're, we're live. All right, welcome to another episode of Rock and Block. Today's episode, we're going to flip around just a little bit. Instead of actually just talking about technology, entrepreneurism from a let's take on the world and we're all mighty, we're actually going to talk about legacy and how important it's actually building a legacy. When I start talking about building a legacy, one of the things that I like to tell everyone is building your legacy is just like building the foundation of buildings or bridges. If you've actually uh, read any of the articles that I've written, um, for some reason, I'm fascinated with the whole building bridges, mainly when I went to New York for the first time in my life in 2017. And I saw the Brooklyn Bridge and I realized this thing has been built for so long and it hasn't been shaken. And that got me thinking into, you know, you need to have a very solid foundation in order for things to actually stay there and carry on. And when we think about legacy, we think about what are we offering the world and what are we offering for other people that we can impact and such and how can one individual start building their legacy, start little by little building up their dreams, their goals, so they can start building their businesses and their successes, and from there on, impact others so others can carry on and be looked up to as mentors or as influencers or just as people that actually are legit, as I like to say, or if you are someone who was raised in the 90s, like I was, you can say legit, for real. So joining me today is Matt LaVries. How are you doing, Matt? I am terrific. I am terrific. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be here with you today. Awesome. So it's funny because we actually uh, we actually kind of like met on Facebook and it was, it was weird because I don't, I usually tend to be very, uh, very picky on who I who I interchange or exchange messages with, but as soon as you weren't like, "Hey, I'm able to actually guess for a couple of people," and I started looking for your information and such, I was uh, the thing that popped immediately in my head was like, "Whoa, this guy is legit," because the very first thing that you actually say in your web page is, "My name is Matt, and I want to keep it real with you here." I'm like, okay, that sounds kind of like me. But at the very end of, of your about section, when you start telling your story, I'm not going to get into that because I want to leave that to you. You say, hashtag, let's leave a legacy. And that's actually the thing that impacted me the most. And before we dive into the whole thing, I think I've been talking way too much for the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I, want to read, I want to read this because I think that it will relate to everything that you're going to be talking about. True leaders don't invest in buildings. Jesus never built a building. They invest in people. Why? Because success without a successor is failure. So your legacy should not be building buildings, programs, projects. Your legacy must be in people. Miles Monroe. I think that it actually pertains to kind of like what you, kind of like what your, what your journey is all about. So, Talk to us about your journey. I think that it starts at 12 years old when you actually began with your entrepreneurial mind. 
Yeah, man. And listen, this is, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because this is a very true story. You know, whenever I tell it, people think it's a, it's a joke, but at the end of the day, it's as real as it comes. And, you know, going back to 12 or 13 years old, whatever it was, I remember uh, my buddy who lives on the same street as me, you know, uh, very friendly family community. And we were always hanging out. And I remember one day we came across the idea that we wanted to start our own restaurant. Now, at 12 and 13 years old, that might be a challenge for some, but for us, it wasn't. And what we did was uh, we raided our parents. <laughs> we raided our parents' uh, cabinets and refrigerators. And next thing you know, we started a restaurant, you know, and I'm not going to lie. It only lasted uh, a day or two before I was punished for the next week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it definitely gave me a taste of what I wanted in life, you know, and I, I always say that being from New York, it's almost inevitable to not catch that hustler spirit. And, and it's true, you know, and it goes all the way back to me being 12 and 13 years old where, where it really all started. I can relate because when I was, um, I've said this so many times, but I'm going to get into the second part. I learned English because when I was eight years old, like this is 1993. Yes, 1993. The first anime thing that I saw in my life was Dragon Ball Z Legendary Super Saiyajin uh, movie, which coincidentally is the first time we ever saw Broly, which is coincidentally the new movie of dragon ball super right now in theaters in america and it was a, a bootleg vhs yes it was a vhs tape and <laughs> i'm old um and i didn't understand english it was japanese with english subtitles and i wanted to figure figure what the hell they were saying so that's when i really started paying attention in, in class but when, by the time that I was 12 years old, I was the kid in the street in school that actually had access to the bootlegs. And I started, you know, copying copies of pirated bootlegs and trying to hustle and started selling these copies to my friends and trying to sell images, floppy, floppy disk with images loaded with images of Dragon Ball so they could print it and they could have it. And almost no one had uh, internet back in 1997, 1998, it wasn't as, as accessible as it is today. So if you had an internet connection, you were kind of like the savior without getting religious, the savior for everyone, or you were the hero of everyone. So I started with that mind. And it was funny because, uh, my dad actually started asking me for, for money, <laughs> for me, for me to lend him money. Like, can you, can you lend me $150? Yeah, sure. Just Open the sock grower and take whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. He's 13 years old and I was already like making that. And I involved my dad and even his friends and his job had kids and they started asking their parents for dad and dad would hook me up with them. And I started making labels. We, had, we already had a computer and covers and such. So I, I developed kind of like a legit business. So I relate to you because of that. Then that realized that, hey, this is piracy and I'm involved with uh, law enforcement in some way or another. So I was grounded too <laughs> because of that. And then it was like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, man. Listen, you, you caught the bug early, right? Right. But, but it, uh, at that point in time, I, I realized that, hey, if I want to do anything in my, with my life, it's I want to be one. I want to be the one calling the shots. But it was way too amp at that. My vision was way too amp at that time, and it took me many years to actually like 
you know, laser focus on, on certain things. For sure. But um, later on in your blog, you actually mentioned that you promoted a 18th birthday, but you didn't show up and it was actually your 17th birthday. You didn't show up and you actually made money. Like you made it a second attempt years later to actually try to figure out on another way. And that actually resulted positively in, in, in some other shape or form. Like how, what was that about? Yeah, man, that, that resulted in many, many positive relationships and opportunities, experiences and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I can't take credit for everything I did within the nightlife industry. Um, I, I owe a lot of credit to my team. I owe a lot of credit to the individuals that quote unquote put me onto the opportunity. Uh, I think that was really, really crucial. You know, I didn't create this opportunity through uh, a pen and pad. I created it through an actual relationship. And that goes all the way back to what you were saying earlier, right? You know, uh, in regards to um, Jesus building a building or or whatever that quote said, you know, it was more so he was building relationships with individuals. And that's right. exactly what I've done my entire life. So uh, yeah, man, I, I got started in the nightlife industry at 17 years old. And I was actually involved at 16, but it it really started at 17 for me. And, you know, I was given the opportunity graciously, thanks to the individuals that I surrounded myself with. Uh, they were older individuals. They were probably, I don't know, maybe four or five years older than me. And next thing you know, I, <laughs> like you mentioned, I was promoting my 18th birthday, which was really my 17th birthday. I was not old enough to get into the club, so I did not show up. <laughs> you know, it was an 18 and over party and I didn't have a fake ID, so I couldn't get in. But on the flip side, I remember I got a call the, the day after the party and the individual on the other end of the line said, hey, Matt, uh, let me know when you're free to meet up. I have an envelope for you. And I said, an envelope of what? You know, like I, I didn't know that the terminology he was using. This is the first time I'm ever getting paid. And next thing you know, he's like, yeah, man, you, you, made, you made some money. So I went, I went to pick up the envelope. At 17 years old in New York, you're allowed to start driving. So I remember I got my first car. It was a really great experience. I pulled up and next thing you know, I opened the envelope and there was $277 inside of it. That was the first $277 I made within nightlife and it definitely wasn't the last. That's interesting. From there on, you say that the next seven years, although there were uh, adversity in certain occasions, you actually got to um, uh, work with award-winning stars and and musicians and such how do you how do you actually build your brand from there on as from a 17 year old kid how do you actually uh little by little start building your own brand start building your legacy your foundation for that so you could take it to start a little by little taking it to the next level because people tend to think next level is like just jumping in the elevator and just going to the top and that's it And I believe that this was not the case for you. I believe that you actually took the stairs and little by little started going, going, uh, you know, from this club to a, a bigger club, from this club to a bigger club, to from this uh, not so good artist to a very talented artist to yet another crappy artist to this other big, great opportunity and so on and so forth. How, how was that? How do you started doing that? Yeah, man. And I think you hit the nail on the head, right? I definitely took the stairs and you want to know what? I didn't even walk up the stairs. I crawled, you know, like I was army crawling up the stairs, Thank you. you know, that that's, it definitely wasn't an easy journey, but, uh, to keep it real, man, like, again, a lot of this was because of my team, 
You know, I, I can never take sole credit for anything that happened. Uh, we had an amazing team. We had about five people that were partners on on uh, a lot of our parties. And these five individuals, including myself, it was me plus four others or me plus five others. I forget uh, off the top of my head. But, you know, collaboratively, we we always supplemented each other, you know, and in regards to branding ourselves a certain way, we just we just continued and we stayed authentic. And, you know, I think consistency and authenticity are major factors within personal branding. So when you can incorporate that, like I said, consistently, people start to catch on. And from there, you know, things start to really take off. And while these things are starting to take off, you start making more money on the flip end of that. And when you start making more money, you have more access. And when you have more access, you have the ability to bring in people like a French Montana and bring in people like a Lloyd Banks or a Ja Rule or a Fat Joe or whomever it may be. And that's essentially how it happened. You know, it was just branding ourselves as the people that were throwing, uh, I don't want to call it a party, but throwing an event that was um, offering people to create memorable experiences, uh, whether they were celebrating a birthday or, um, you know, they just graduated college or, you know, they, they did something in their life that required celebrating or listen, if they just wanted to have a good time on a Friday night or a Saturday night, like they knew we were the people to go to. And it just came from consistently building rapport with the individuals over time. Yeah. In Puerto Rico, there's a, there's a sidestep here, but going back to your celebrating anything, there is a very funny um, uh, commercial from, I'm not sponsoring this brand, disclaimer, from Tostitos, in which... They're in the kitchen and the kid just comes out and he pulled his tooth and the mom screams, he pulled his tooth. And they start celebrating because there is this, um, you know, there's this stereotype that Latin Americans or Hispanics like to celebrate anything. And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's true because I've been invited to certain parties. And when I go there, it's just I finally got divorced. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? This is really happening. I'm like, well. All right, perfect. But yeah, I um, I do have to say that I agree with you in 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 one thing that you said: consistency and even crawling this crawling this up the stairs. In 2000, I want to say 2000, late 2009, I tried to do pretty much what you actually uh, were doing, but I wanted to do it. I I had such I was so hungry that I thought that I was a, a shark, and I'm using this as a double pun because I want to get to that point a little bit later. Um, I thought that I was a shark, and I wasn't even Nemo. Um, I was just a parasite on the water. <laughs> and I got involved with really with uh, with people that already knew the game and they knew how to play it, so they used me, and I didn't realize it. So I put in all the work, all all the hours, and everything, and I didn't get an involved didn't get anything and turns out that i did a very bad job um and then i tried to do it a second and a third and a fourth time and i wasn't able to actually do it consistently because i failed one time and i started pivoting and i tried another thing and i tried another thing and i've never been good with i mean my my thing hasn't hasn't been at any point in time uh r&b or hip-hop or anything like that i'm a metal guy but I knew that the money at that point in time was 
hip hop and that because that was that that's actually what kept the 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 clubs pumping and that's and I wanted to get into the clubs and I didn't know anyone that actually had bands in Orlando and anyone that actually plays in Orlando actually comes from from outside because there are no there are not many bands in Orlando that are local that actually have enough reputation so they can go and play in downtown Orlando they go outside and tour build a brand and then they come back and play in downtown Orlando in the selective clubs that there are so I wanted to play the game that I didn't know and I wasn't legit and I didn't know the lingo or anything like that so I burned myself out before I even started because I didn't have consistency and like I said earlier my vision was way too amp all I wanted to do was the one calling the shot but calling the shots but I was shooting myself in the foot because I didn't know where to go and I wanted to take the elevator instead of crawling up the stairs what ended up happening was I ended up crawling that crawling crawling the streets which was very unfortunate because living under a bridge is not funny yeah um after those seven years I mean it seven you were seven years just going into like I don't want to say corporate events because they were not corporate events but just just like uh, in the in the business of servicing artists or um, you know high end entrepreneurs or you know uh, should we say famous people with their entourage? Should we should we say that? Can I can I? <laughs> so you know, I mean you you could say it bluntly. You know you could say it was within nightlife. You know like we we can keep it real with everyone. It was, were, it was you, definitely nightlife. You were catering to the nightlife in New York City for the rich and famous. <laughs> and and the entourage right there all right but after those seven years what ended up happening you know after a while i realized that my my dreams were a lot bigger um it trust me man like i, I can't tell you and i don't say this to be braggadocious i say this to keep it real like doing what i was doing definitely it, it paid the bills and more you know, it, it definitely paid the bills and more, you know, it, it put me through college. I paid my own college tuition after I failed out of college and my parents were just like, hey, like you don't deserve us to pay anymore. And I said, okay, I understand. You know, I paid my own college tuition on top of paying car payments, on top of having a social life, you know, uh, having a, a gym membership, having a phone bill, having whatever, you know, um, I, I'm definitely fortunate for that. But after a while, you know, I, I realized that I was living my life a way that I didn't necessarily want to live it. And I'm going to give you the example because, you know, we, we have already talked about this. I was living my life with the term currency over legacy. You know, everything that I was doing was let's make this much money. Let, let's accumulate all this wealth, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, what that was doing, making money was cool. It was a short term fix for long term pain, you know, and the reason why I say that is because. Uh, my, my parents were divorced at a young, I was a young age. Um, yeah, I was probably in like sixth grade or fifth grade when my parents got divorced. I watched my mother battle cancer. Um, I got kicked out of two high schools at 17 years old. I had surgery, which totally derailed my one dream of playing professional baseball or basketball, whatever the case was, you know, and all these things started to add up. And like I just mentioned, I failed out of college, you know, so making as much money at that point in my life was, 
really the goal for me. And it's unfortunate to say because that's not the type of life that I wanted to live. And it took a certain something to click in me. I, I feel like we all have this epiphany moment in life and it all comes at different times and that's okay. You know, we're all on separate journeys and my epiphany moment came and it didn't necessarily come at 24, it probably came at about 22. And I really just said, you know what, I got to buckle down in life. Like, I need to make changes and change doesn't happen unless you change. You know, if you want to see changes for the better, you must be the person that changes. And that's exactly what I did. I, I changed and I started to live the opposite way. I started to live legacy over currency and I started to do other things that weren't necessarily paying me. For instance, I became the president of my school's entrepreneurship club after I went back to college to pursue my four-year degree. On top of that, I started to you know, get more affiliated with academic-related programs. For, for instance, uh, there was a startup competition that I joined over the course of one month, and it didn't pay me unless I won, and we can get to that. But you know, I, I was risking a, a lot of time that didn't necessarily reward me mo uh, monetarily, but it rewarded me through experience and through networks and things of that nature. So, you know, over the course of those seven years, man, it was phenomenal. And I can't say that I'll be out of the game forever because trust me, I want to own a nightclub. I know it's a headache. Uh, I've seen what owners have been through, but at the same time, it's played a, a pretty monumental part um, of my, it was a monumental part of my life. So yeah, man, seven years was great, but it was time to, it was time to do something else. It's no shame to actually pivot. It's no shame to actually say this, that, okay, this is good. This was good for now, but I want to start trying this. And then you, you pivot like in, bas in basketball, obviously it's, it's way much better. And it's way simpler. If you just go from one end of the court directly into the other end of the court, but that's not that's not how the game is played because there there is you know the defense from the other team, and there are walls, there are situations, there are many things that will go on in your life, and sometimes you actually have to pivot, or there's just that one point in in, in your life where you, like you said, you come to the realization that this was a good run. It's time for the next chapter in my life. And I want something bigger, not because you are negatively uh, ambitious, but because you have this hunger that you want to grow as a professional, as an entrepreneur, as this individual that have a unique thirst for success, but a healthy success. I can respect that. And I admire you for that. As you were saying this, it was kind of like, is this guy in my head and reading my thoughts kind of like, because it's, it's kind of creepy. It's uh, <laughs> mainly because I was having this conversation last week with my mentor. Um, but it, but it's, it's makes sense because many, many people um, and many articles, many of the entrepreneurs that I have been um, researching since 2015 um, say the exact same thing. It's time for the next chapter. I just, I was doing this, but I wanted to do this all. I reinvented myself and there is no shame in doing that if you know how to do it. Mainly if you understand who you are and if you understand what is your brand and how can you take advantage of your own brand. Um, what, are your, what are your recommendations for someone that is actually starting out like how do you, how is it that anyone can actually start building their brand? I know that you ha you have an ebook on this, but what are you, like the key points that you can say? Do this, do this, do this, don't do this, and please for the for the love of insert the divinity of your preference here. 
don't do this? You know, the, the perfect place to start is understanding, you know, it comes down to self-awareness. You know, uh, self-awareness is probably the most important trait when it comes to achieving your definition of success in life. And this is really just starting to dawn on me now. You know, I, I have not always been super self-aware and I'll be super open and vulnerable and honest with everyone listening. Like I am not the most self-aware person in the world, but with that said, I am working on becoming more self-aware. And when you understand who you are to, and I'm not talking about who you are on the outside, right? Because who we are on the inside and who we are on the outside can be two totally different people. And it's unfortunate because society shapes us or tells us to kind of do that. You know, we're, we try and maintain a certain image to unfortunately have a certain type of status. You know, status is a really big word nowadays. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you know who you are to the deepest extent, and I'm talking on the inside and who you want to become and why you want to become that person, that's where you start. You can't say, I want to, let's, you know, we're going to use an example here. You can't say, I want to be someone uh, and brand myself as someone that accumulates a million dollars over the course of this year to be able to go to Miami and get on a yacht and take it down to uh, the Bahamas and do this and do that. All right, cool. Like that's all for self-loathing. That's self-pleasure, right? If you say that you want to become a millionaire this year to be able to provide um, underprivileged individuals in Africa with electricity and technology and things of that nature, okay, you're on the right, you're on the right path, you know? And listen, to each their own, I'm not saying you you can't do the whole yacht thing because trust me, that's in my dreams too. That's a part of my plan down the road. Um, but at the same time, it starts with really knowing who you are and what it is that you want to achieve in life. And what you want to achieve, it really needs to be service related. And when it's service related, that's when your brand really starts to flourish. So the start is, um, we'll call it self-awareness and understanding who you are at its core purpose. And, you know, that that incorporates a why and things of that nature. Then the next is, how do you become an authority figure in the, in the space that you, you're in, right? So I guess another part is to understand what space you're in. You, it's hard to be in 100 different spaces because then, you know, we, we only have 24 hours in a day. You know, so keeping it real, like it's it's hard, you know, and I, I'm guilty of this myself. I'm in three different spaces right now and I see myself exerting myself and stretching myself thin. And it, it's hard, you know, it's hard. And that's only three places. So be, how do you become that authority figure? And that authority figure is formed through different forms of content. You know, um, what, what are you putting out there on social media? What are you doing? Are, are you speaking? Are you um, you know, getting written up about, are you writing publications? Are like, are you producing books? Are you hopping on podcasts? Like all of these things really do come into play in, you know, with your personal brand. And another thing that I didn't necessarily mention in my ebook, which is super important is who you surround yourself with. You become the sum of the five closest people to you. Now, if you want to become the president of the United States and you're surrounding yourself with individuals that should not be associated with the president of the United States, you're, you're on an off track. It doesn't mean you can't get back on the right track. It just means you're on an off track. And, you know, in regards to what you should do and what you shouldn't do, like, like you mentioned in the question, remain authentic. You know, don't ever become someone that you don't 
like that you are in, you know, don't fake it till you make it. I actually hate that statement. Thank I, you. Lived, I lived by that for a little bit. Don't fake it till you make it. Um, I think that is complete BS and I'm going to use the word BS cause I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse. <laughs> so, uh, be, be authentic. Um, be genuine to yourself and, and just be consistent overall. Be, be consistent with it. Don't, don't come, uh, you know, don't, don't try and do it one week and then the next week take off from doing it because personal branding is an everyday thing. Just like achieving success is an everyday thing. You know, you, you can't act on it just one day, one week, one month and say, Oh, I, I achieved it. That's not the case, right? It, it's repetition. It's, I, I truly hate, I used to, I used to love reading the articles of this guy is an overnight su success and, <laughs> and, this, and this company is an overnight success and so on and so forth. And, and I'm like, okay, then from there I got to, well, good for them, but that's not true. That's not really the case. And from there I went to, I hate this public, this type of publications because they're actually not talking about the pains and ordeals that that team actually went through when you actually go on and listen to their story to that the ceo the president of the company the team itself and you ask them how long did it take you to actually get here well it started five years ago and like when it's not an overnight success it's not like you had an idea 24 hours ago went into went into hover I'm I'm sponsoring Hover. As a matter of fact, you went into Hover, got the domain, and then you went to WordPress, create a new a new um web page, and then publish, hit publish, and all of a sudden it's like millions of people just went in there. That's not that's overnight success. But if you actually if you actually if it took you five years of idea development, thought process, research, and thought and such, and then you published a Kickstarter campaign, and it went like boom because you actually had a team of marketing team of this team of this, and you actually had a strategy to go around it's not an overnight success don't don't tell me it's an overnight success you actually had a thought process and it took many many hours days weeks of preparation of mentality of having that correct mindset to actually launch your product to venture into this you didn't jump in you didn't try to jump off a cliff and try to see if you win to actually make it to the other side, you br you actually bridged that gap. You actually went in and said, like, how long? How, what's the, what's the, what? Um, you know, what's the? Um, oh God, I'm drawing a blank here. Help me, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what's the distance between the two points from where I am to where I want to go? And then, what do I have to build to actually get there? The fastest and easiest and most secure way to actually make it to the other side that's not overnight success that's commitment yeah that, that's a great word to use as well commitment you know you need to be committed to a commitment makes consistency a lot easier because in in reality you know you're gonna face bumps in the road and you, you mentioned them earlier right there are bumps in the road there's failures there's mistakes there's challenges there's there's a whole bunch of factors that are honestly out of our control sometimes but those are what the, those are the experiences that really make us. Yeah. I mean, that's, I always used to, used to hate the word failure when I was a kid because, well, my upbringing wasn't 
the, the, the word failure had a very negative connotation in my family because they didn't embrace failure in a way that you failed, but it's because you need to learn the lesson, go on to the next chapter. Now, you know, go on to the next chapter. Plus, I, I never watched G.I. Joe's because I never knew that knowing was half the battle. <laughs> yeah, I learned that in college when I was 21. And everyone's starting going like, G.I. Joe. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I'm too Puerto Rican for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just so you know, adding context, I went to Full Sail University in Orlando. <laughs> so, so I was I was very, very Puerto Rican <laughs> in my classroom. <laughs> Everyone's, everyone was just from Philadelphia, Florida, New York, Texas, and such. And I was the only Puerto Rican in the classroom. So it was very hard. <laughs> At, but it was good. They embraced me. It was very good friends. Anyway, um, but co- I, I agree with you. Commitment, accountability, accountability is another thing. Holding yourself accountable because holding yourself accountable is having, having the ownership of wanting to do something and, the, and having the mentality of I want to do this. And if I didn't, and, and breaking it down into milestones so you're able to actually go step by step you know, just like climbing the ladder or even crawling up the ladder, but that's accountable. You want to, you want to do it and you're committed to do it. So if you miss one, you learn and you continue on doing it. And that's actually the best thing. I, many people actually think that branding is just for companies, but I believe that the, the original branding um, in the old times was the handshake and the word of a man that's the original branding because and i talked and i talked about this in in my blog um in the 40s in puerto rico my family uh you could say hey this is the martinez kid uh he needs a job and immediately someone would give him a job because he was from the family martina from the martinez family now it's 2017 and uh, 2018 now. Sorry, um, I'm living in the past. 2019, 2019, man. 2019. 2019. Yes, thank you. 2019. I go. I go to to anywhere. I'm like, hey, I'm Miguel Martinez. I need a job, and they're going to be like, so. <laughs> Good luck. Go to the website and apply. Thank you. If you have the skills, we'll call you. But I need a job. I'm Miguel Martinez. We don't care. Go to the website. Apply. Good luck. That's it. Yeah. The world has gotten bigger, obviously. But that that used to be branding. The family the, the family name is branding. Like Obama is branding now. Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, the Obama, there's the, their kids. I mean, the, the names have become a brand. And that's actually what you want to be. It's not about being rich and famous or being a political, um, a, a political person, but my brand in family, friends, and clients is like, I got an issue, and the first person that they call is me because whether it's technology, music, um, audio related, or just business related, they're like, if you don't know it, you're gonna tell me where to, where to actually look for the answer, or you're gonna look for the answer, and then you're just gonna send me the bill. But it, it's okay. At least you're getting me the answer, and that's that's actually the branding right there, in my case. Just yeah. like, just like Coca Cola, you know that Coca Cola is the is one of the biggest brands in the world because apparently with Coca Cola you're sharing a moment, and the first thing that comes to mind is 
They're freaking soccer, actually football, not American football. They're football uh, commercials when the World Cup comes around. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And the polar bears and Santa Claus. Way too many things. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to going back to you, Matt. Um, so you actually how was it that you actually met the shark? So it, it came through opportunity, you know, uh, it really came through um, being the president of my school's entrepreneurship club. And like I said, uh, that wasn't necessarily the traditional route Matt would have take to, uh, taken at that moment. You know, it, it was more so I was money hungry. But once I flipped that mindset and I became someone that was more so service related, uh, I saw that I went to a very underprivileged college. I was not in the best neighborhood. Um, I felt like I had a lot more opportunity growing up where I was from as opposed to where the people that were attending this college were from. So I kind of felt like I owed them something to give them a taste of my experiences and what I was capable of doing as a leader. And I took on that role. And I can tell you a funny story of exactly how I met Damon. You know, I was on the beach in Dominican Republic enjoying my spring break. Uh, you know, like really just chilling, kind of detaching myself from everything that was going on in school and work and whatnot. And I get a phone call and they're like, hey, uh, you know, well, first of all, I want to say that when I saw that phone call coming across my iPhone and it said CUNY York College, which is the City University of New York, York College. I'm like, why the hell are they calling me? I know I paid my damn tuition, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know, I can relate. So, I mean, I'm coming out of pocket from my tuition. I knew I paid that. And I got to a point where I answered the call and the woman on the other end of the line was like, hey, uh, would you like to meet Damon John? And I paused for a good five to 10 seconds. And I'm thinking to myself, this woman knows me so well. Why is she even asking this? She already knows the answer. And, you know, <laughs> politely, I said to her, of course, I would like to meet Damon. Can you please tell me when this was taking place and where? So. Damon was coming to my college to do a fireside chat in the theater to promote his book called The Power of Broke. Now, I was one of three students that were invited to meet him in the green room. Obviously, it was open to the public, so any, any student can go, but the individuals that could meet him were limited to three, and I was one of three. The other two were other members of the executive board of the Entrepreneurship Club. So super fortunate, super grateful. Now, this is out of like 12,000 students. I'm one of three out of 12,000, you know? So um, that's a lot. And that's a very slim chance. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. And, you know, the day came around, it just so happened to be the day after I got back from <laughs> the day after I got back from Dominican Republic. So I'm fresh off a plane, <laughs> and kind of still in vacation mode. But I took my mentor with me. And you know, my mentor went went to sit down as I went into the green room to meet with Damon. And I uh, got to a point where I, it was it was our turn as the entrepreneurship club to meet Damon and and talk with him for a little bit. So, you know, the other two individuals I'm with go to shake his hand. I'm the last person to shake his hand. I shook his hand. He looks at me. He goes, "What the hell do they teach you here? How to break people's hands?" You know. So it was kind of good vibes off the bat, and he made me. He definitely made me feel comfortable by showing me that he was a human. Now, obviously, as mentioned earlier, I've worked with celebrities in the past and as much as Damon's an entrepreneur he also is a celebrity from being on Shark Tank for 10 years of for course. having for having massive fame with FUBU and and his other ventures and 
you know, that was definitely something that opened me up and made me feel comfortable. Now we had about, I don't know, a five minute conversation, even if that, and the way I finished the conversation off was I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you just like that. Straight up, straight to the point, no fluff, no nothing. Just, Hey Damon, I'm going to work for you. And two months after that, I was, I was working for him. Not, not that I, we want to actually um, advise people to actually do what you did, because obviously the, now there's going to be a roadblock. This is the uh, anti-math roadblock in, I believe, in Damon's, <laughs> Damon's, <laughs> da- <laughs> in Damon's uh, employership. Uh, but how was it? Like, uh, you kept in touch with him, or you just uh, decided? to when you went back home and you were like, okay, let me do my homework on everything related to demon and start going, start, uh, start going like Charlie Ching in, um, with guy, uh, Greco in the movie. Um, uh, I forgot the name of the movie. Sorry. It's with Michael Douglas that every single day he would just call the office and try to get a, a meeting with him. Like, how was it? Like you, you just no. show up or something like that. And so, no, I, I didn't just show up, you know, um, this is probably a big part of the story that, you know, it, it goes hand in hand with what I was just saying and what it, what in, you know, entails next was the power of networking, really the power of networking. And this goes to show like, you never know who you're surrounded with. You never know who say, say the person sitting next to you right now, as you're listening to this, if you're on a bus, if you're on a train, if, if you're in your office, like you never know the power of someone's network. And that's why it's so important to foster relationships and really build them. And what happened next was, you know, Damon went on, he did his fireside chat, which was awesome. And I was sitting towards the front of the stage because of, you know, uh, just having the privilege. And my mentor was sitting towards the back of the theater because he wasn't a student. So at the end of the event, uh, my mentor and I met up in the middle of the theater and essentially everyone had left by then they all wanted to get online to try and get Damon to sign their book and things of that nature so my mentor and I are standing in the middle of the theater his name's Phil so Phil and I are standing there and we see this gentleman that we both feel like we know and he looks like Santa Claus legit this is my good friend George now he's my good friend at this moment he was not my friend but we see George walking along the side of the theater and I'm just like, Phil, where do I know this guy from? Like, I feel like I know this guy. And Phil's like, I think I do know him. Let's go, let's go talk to him. I think his name is George. So we go, we find George outside of the theater. Lo and behold, Phil had actually done a party with him. You know, Phil was one of my partners in nightlife. He's still one of my business partners today. He's one of my best friends. Like I said, he's my mentor. And Phil had happened to do a party with George in the past, and I just happened to know George from the fact of being affiliated with the individuals who were doing these type of parties. And that's so crazy because social media and networking in general face-to-face is so important because the next thing I'm about to tell you is that George worked for Damon John. And what I did was I hit up George and I said, George, you know, I really admire Damon. I really admire everything he's doing. I really loved his book, The Power of Broke. I said, what can I do for you to help me get my foot in the door at the Shark Group? And he said, you want to know what, Matt? You can't do anything for me, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to help you. And George, out of the kindness of his heart, and I I do want to mention that this guy, George, is literally one of, if not the nicest individuals I've ever met in my life. He's amazing at fostering relationships. He is 
he's the connector of the connector. Like this guy knows everyone. And like I said, he worked with Damon and I hit him up. And next thing you know, like I said, two months later, I, I was in his office working um, as an intern. I started off as an intern. I, I will mention that, but that's how you get your foot in the door there. So by all means, I felt like I needed to prove myself. And that's exactly what I did. I turned it into a job down the road. There you go. That, that right there, that right there, it's knowing and understanding who you are. That is your brand. That is your value. Recognizing your value will get you to the doorstep. And when that door opens, knowing your value as yourself will be the deal breaker, whether you are let in or someone will pat you in the back and say, have a good day. And you have to turn around. Knowing your value yourself and the commitment and understanding all the situations you've dealt with life up until that moment so you've improved on them will be the deal breaker. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That's this. Uh, I mean, this is a really inspiring story. It reminded me. Uh, do you happen to know by any chance who Bruce Swedeen is? The name sounds familiar, but I can't put a face to it. Okay. You know who he is, but you, but by the name, you don't. He is the audio engineer for Michael Jackson ever since Thriller and Jennifer Lopez and many other artists. I was blessed enough to actually met him in January of 2007. Because a full sale, just like yourself, out of 12,000 students, I was one of to, uh, 12 people to actually met him. So I was in, within that 10% of the people that actually got to meet him. And it was a lunch. And it was funny because everyone was like asking me questions like, how do you get an internship? And what's the best way to mix down? Yeah. And what about the history? And what about this record? How did you do this? Then he turns, he, he, uh, he told us the story about Trailer. And how the fact that he actually had to make over 92 mixes of for trailer. Um, and the second one is the actually it's actually the one that's on the on the record. But long story short, I remember telling I remember just stopping the whole conversation with a lot of people and just saying, you know what, I just want to thank you because you were a really you actually made beautiful music with Michael and you inspired me to be the guy that's actually here today and get into the music industry and if if i'm ever so lucky to actually work with someone at least 10 percent as talented as michael datui will be success and he turns around and he says he says well you know young man you have the hunger you have like that eye of the tiger thing in your eyes i know you will be successful it will take time but i know you will be successful i'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> Little by little, uh, yes, it's taken time because, like you said, I've had to learn many things. And that's why I've just said the deal breaker is understanding who you are. So when the door opens, you're able to understand your value. You're able to know your true value, not let anyone dictate what your value is as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as a human being. So you're able to, when the opportunity shows up and you're at that door, when it opens, you're able to just go on and go through to the next yeah. chapter in your life. It's really important that people understand that that's branding and that's actually the part of building your legacy. And in the words of the great Matt, 
let's leave legacy for right. sure for sure man all right well wrapping things up here uh matt how can people reach you i'm all over <laughs> straight <laughs> up I'm, i'm all over man uh you could find me on instagram you could find me on twitter it's at matt Le underscore labris and that's spelled out m-a-t-t -T underscore l-e-b-r-i-s i'm on facebook that's where we were connected i'm on uh linkedin uh same thing just my name matt labris uh, i have a website www.mattlabris.com you can check me out there and by all means all you got to do is google search me i'll pop up i promise that's that's very true i did yeah i did that exercise even in doc doc go and i'm <laughs> and i'm sponsoring doc doc go by the way Hopefully they'll sponsor me. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your your journey with us, sharing your um, your whole perspective, actually building your your brand and leaving a legacy. It's really important these days that people understand that overnight success is not true, and it does take time to actually do that because it needs consistency to do. Yep. Totally agree. And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. I just, you know, definitely want to share that. I, I definitely appreciate it. All right. I thank you because it did, it did take a couple of weeks because 2019 started very rocky for me. <laughs> <laughs> health related issues, health related issues. Not funny. All right. Well, thank you for our listeners uh, and everyone that actually supported Rock and Block. If you actually like this, show this episode please go to itunes and leave a review and a comment we truly appreciate it if you're listening to into this episode into um spotify or any other place please leave a review as well and subscribe see you all in the blockchain have a good one <laughs>